Hallelujah. Well, good morning to you. Morning. You ready? Yeah. Well, we, we over the last few weeks have been talking about the offering and talking about increasing in our finances. And uh, when we've been doing the offering, I've been, uh, the Lord has really had an anointing on that. One of the most blessed things that I saw was a few weeks ago, I said, unexpected money come in now. And I spoke that by the Holy Ghost. And within a week or two, I don't remember the exact day I said it, but I asked last week, I knew there was about five testimonies at least, I asked last week, and there was like 12 people that, that raised their hand. No, we've had some more. I've heard about five more testimonies this week of unexpected money that God has brought in. Listen, God wants to bless you. It is a part of his covenant. He wants you to be the head and not the tail. He doesn't want a bunch of debt wagging you. You're supposed to be the lender and not the borrower. God's looking to bring you up. But here's one of the things. In order for God to bring you up, we've got to get in line with him. We've got to understand what he's doing, what he's up to, and how to move into that place. So we talked about the tithe and we talked about the offering. The tithe is 10% of your increase. Many people think, okay, well, I made you know, $100. I'm going to give five in tithe and five in offering. You know, No, you gave 10 in tithe and you haven't given any offering yet. It's 10% of your increase. Now, what's important about that is because if you understand how God wants you to increase, you have to get over into the offering. If you're just in the tithe, you're not fulfilling every portion of God's plan to increase you. The tithe, he says, is holy, it's mine, and it is the Lord's. So if we have increase in our personal lives and we hold on to it, the Bible tells us that we're still in it. Not only that, but we step out from the blessing and into a place of the curse. So the tithe is 10% of our increase. So this is not something that we should basically say, uh, well, I'll give it if I have it. And uh, this is a situation, if you turn real quick to Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7. And verse 6. Jesus is saying to them, he said, Rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites. Oh, you know this is going to be a good one. He said, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the precepts of men or the traditions of men. Eight, neglecting the commandment of God, you hold to the tradition of men. He was also saying, you are experts at setting aside the commandment of God in order to keep your tradition. Now hear that right there. You are experts at setting aside what God said to do to keep doing life the way you have been. Now that'll preach. When we learn that about our finances, our finances will just take off. When we learn how to put it in the right place. The other thing is this, that God says, if you can't get a hold of money, the financial wealth, unrighteous wealth, if you can't learn what to do right with those coins and dollar bills and your checkbook, he says, how am I going to give you the true riches of the kingdom? Many people are trying in their home 
to cast the devil out of that, that sickness out of their children. They're trying to do this. But they don't have a right to operate in the power of God because they're not operating right with finances. And they're like, well, that doesn't make sense. Well, that's because you, you hadn't seen this the way he said it. He said, if, if you won't get on top of your finances, start understanding what to do with your money in this, what he calls a little thing, how will I give you true riches in the kingdom? How will I give you the true riches? What are true riches? The power of God, the anointing of God. How are you going to handle properly the anointing if you won't handle properly a, a piece of paper or a coin? Something you can see, how are you going to handle it properly? And, and you can say, well, I just don't believe that. It doesn't really matter. That's what the Bible says. I'm not telling you what Brian thinks. I'm telling you what Jesus said. What, what he said. I think it's Luke 16. So he says, look, you've got to let go of what you have been doing. See what God says to do and then do that. And what happens is when we do what God asks us to do, all of a sudden just we can move into great blessing. He says this, For Moses has said, Honor your father and your mother, and he who speaks evil of father or mother is to be put to death. Okay, what do we need to do? We need to honor them. Now part of honor, anytime you see the word honor in the Bible, you should think also money, finances, right? Because honor, that word actually means weighty. And do you remember where they used to weigh out, do you have enough to pay for this? Let's see how heavy your money is. Let's see how heavy that silver is, how heavy that gold is. Honor literally equates into money many times. You remember the Queen of Sheba came up and she honored Sol Solomon. She came up and she honored. How did she honor him? She brought a caravan of gold and silver. She brought a caravan. That was how she honored him. So listen, just reading this, honor your mother and your father. It didn't say the good ones. <laughs> how many people in here got a mom and a dad oh every one of them are supposed to be honored whether they did it good or not it doesn't really matter what we think We're, they're supposed to honor them and all the parents with kids in here said Amen. that's what I was thinking but then here's the thing you know what every one of us no matter how old we are we all the Put some money in our, in our parents' pocket. How much? It doesn't really matter. Just ask God and be obedient. This is honoring them. Of course, we ought to honor them and honor what they say and honor what they do. The Bible says that's the first commandment with promise. It, you'll have long life if you honor your mom and dad. Really long life if you'll honor your mom and dad. Yes, amen. Glory to God. Long life. Did you hear that? Long life. Amen. Y'all say it with me. Long life. Amen. I so like it when I get to preach on that when they're sitting on the front row. And it says this, verse 11. But you say, if a man says to his father or his mother, whatever I have that would help you is korban. That is to say, given to God. Korban, given to God. In other words, then he says, For you no longer permit him to do anything for his father or his mother, thus invalidating the word of God by your tradition 
uh, things you've handed down, and you do many things like this. Now, what he's saying is this. The people were putting on, they were dishonoring God and dishonoring their parents by doing this. They were putting on uh, what looked holy. Okay, oh, my mom and dad need some help. I should be honoring them. I got some money in my pocket. But I said, see, the leaders, the, the religious leaders were saying this. You need to give that money to the church and not to your parents. When they're in, when they're in need and they need it, you need to give it to us first, right? Now, here's the problem with that. They're not honoring, they're, they're giving out a tradition. The leaders were being greedy for that. They were being greedy over that money, right? But here's one of the things that happened. They ended up saying, oh, this is given to God, so I can't give it to you, my parents. In other words, they weren't following love when there was a need there. They were following uh, what somebody had told them, and so the leaders were teaching them bad traditions. Our, our place is to be in the place where we can bless not only at the church, but to our parents also. God wants us to be operating in overflow so that we can be a blessing all the way around. All the way around. Just last week, I think it was. Last week we were sitting here and uh, somebody, uh, somebody had a need. Was it a dryer? We said, hey, somebody's got a need for a dryer. Before people could leave, before one person got out the door, so the dryer was already met. Now, we don't just throw everybody's needs up, but if the Lord says to do it, he knows the, how to get it to them, right? We ought to be operating in overflow. Last week, I told you a story about a guy. The Lord put it on my heart uh, to give him a, a watch, a nice Apple watch to give to his wife for Christmas. Now, Nicole and I were going to make that happen no matter what. But one of the things is I said, hey, if you want to do that, several people sewed right into that. That guy came by the house earlier this week. Guess what happened? He gave it. He committed to God. He gave his life. Uh, hatred, different things like that fell right off of him. Just that stuff that the devil was attacking him with, unforgiveness, different things, fell right off of him. Felt the power of God. He's standing in my kitchen. I prayed for him. He sa I said, did you feel that? And I said, what'd you feel when I was praying? He said, man, my knees got weak. I said, that's the Holy Ghost. I can't do that on my own. Yeah. That's God. But see, what opened the door? The, the Bible says a man's gift or what he'll bring will open the door. So this, would I have had that influence with that person if I would not have been told by God to give and had the means to give? God wants to increase you to perform his covenant in the earth. Over in 2 Corinthians 9, I'm not going to get into that deep today, but what it says there is that out of abundance, you will do every good work. How many Christians are called to do some good work? Everybody. Everybody. But if you don't have abundance, how can you do those good works? You can't. You've got to flow in abundance. But if, you, we won't be, if we won't be obedient to the tithes and offerings, are we going to flow in abundance? No. Why? Because God set up his way. I, oh, I, well, I love you, God, but I'm going to do it my way. No, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. We've got to do it his way. But guess what? God's a good God. And when we do it his way, guess what he does? He goes, oh, man. 
You know, he, he just pours and overflows the stuff in our life. He's looking to overflow in people's lives, but we got to get it set in our heart. Now, I, want, I brought up this verse specifically because Nicole and I used this verse wrongly at one time. I, I thought I understood what this meant, and one time we were, we were in a jam financially, and uh, we felt like, I don't, have, I don't have money to tithe. I don't, we don't have money to tithe. We can barely pay our bills as is. We need this. So Nicole and I looked at this verse, more me than her. You know, she'd probably got it right if I'd have asked her alone. And, uh, but I missed it. And so I said, it, I looked at this and said, well, this money's supposed to be given to God. It's Corban, but we're in need. And so I said, instead of tithing, we're in need. We'll just keep that money and bless ourselves and give it to ourselves because we, we, we need help, right? Oh, man, that was stupid. That, yeah. <laughs> that was stupid. Because, see, at that point, guess what? Even though we were struggling, we were out of debt. Guess what happened as soon as that happened? What we did is we started stealing from the tithe, not knowing. It. The Bible says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We didn't know. We thought we knew. And we started operating like that. It wasn't a matter of time we were back in debt, just back uh, head over heels in debt. And, and the money, it's like it, it just wouldn't come in. It was just, and I went, Lord, I went to the Lord. Praise God, we got a merciful Father. He was trying to help the whole time. I just, I was fighting. I thought I was moving off of logic and not moving, not moving off of the spirit. I was moving in the soul, in the mind, will, and emotions, and not moving in the spirit. But praise God, we got a merciful father. And I said, Lord, what is the matter? What is going on? Something's not right because this is not your plan. He said, no, it's not my plan. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> that means, Brian, you missed it. That's what that meant. If you didn't get that interpretation, that's what it was. If you missed that, it wasn't in tongues, it was in English. But basically he said, you done messed up, son. So then I said, how'd I miss it? He said, you interpreted that scripture for the tithe. That's not a tithe scripture. That's an offering scripture. He said, who decides where that offering goes? I said, the person does. He said, who decides where the tithe goes and who gets to declare it? God's already decided that to the storehouse, 10% of your increase. He said, that's not a tithe scripture. You applied it to the tithe and started giving your tithe uh, away from where it should have been back to me. It goes back to me. It goes back to me. The tithe always goes to me. So that means a ministry that's being very fruitful. In it. He said the offering is something that you get to decide how much and where. And, and where is very important because you can put it in, you know, you got some seed, same seed, put it in two different kinds of soil, you get different results. So you put it into a fruitful soil, a, a soil who's winning souls. You put it into a soil that's seeing people healed, that, that's helping people and getting revelation. You get the fruit of God, biblical fruit, 
all of a sudden you're in a, you're in a fruitful soil. You plant seed in that soil, it grows up. And it grows up big and it is very fruitful in your life. But so choosing where to plant seed is very important. And wherever God says to plant it is very good. It's always good in that way. So we, with the tithe, that always goes back to God. And it should go where you're planted it and to the storehouse. But with an offering, you choose, you purpose in your heart what to give and where to give it. And when you do it, it says this over in 2 Corinthians 9. It says, I, when you purpose in your heart to be a giver, I will give you seed. So that means that seed I didn't have before. But the key is I've got a purpose in my heart to be a giver. One time Brother Hagin was talking and uh, the guy said, well, I'd love to give, but I just don't have any money to sow. And Brother Hagin said, well, I wouldn't tell anybody. I wouldn't tell anybody. And he, and he said, why? He said, because the Bible said he gives seed to the sower. If you don't have any seed to sow, you probably need to work on your heart to be a sower. I read that the first time. I was like, ow, oh, because I've been many times I didn't have seed to sow. And I started saying, Lord, let me change my heart, and you'll put seed. But then here's what he says. When you change your heart and you become a sower, listen, in your heart. In your heart, Lord, I'm a giver. I'm a sower. I give to your kingdom. I give to see souls saved. You know, this year we're over, what is it, 2,560 people committed to Christ this year in this ministry. 2,500, over 2,560. I think it's like 2,565 or something. Anyway, that's fruit. That's fruit. Next year will be even greater, even bigger. That is fruit. That's fruitful soil. When you plant seed in a kingdom ministry that's producing fruit for God, God says, I'll give you the seed, but that's not all he'll do. He says, I'll take that seed and I'll multiply the seed sown. And then when you plant it, anybody go and you plant two kernels of corn and you, you expect to get two kernels back. That's not how it works, is it? We figured it out, how, much, how many kernels we're on. It's like, do you remember what the number was? It was like several hundred, wasn't it? The average, average thing of corn, ear of corn, has several hundred. So you plant two kernels, and you get multiple hundred uh, back to you in one ear. But each, each plant doesn't just have one ear of corn. It generally has three or four or five ears of corn. So nobody, even in the natural, listen, in the natural, God says plant two and get back several hundred. In the spiritual, you think it's going to be lesser. No, it's not. He says, I will take your seed and I will multiply it. In the offering is where the abundance is. So once I give my tithe, when I get to the place of offering and I start becoming a sower in my heart and giving over and above that and planting those seeds, God multiplies it. That's where abundance is. That's where abundance is. And so when we give, I was telling you the story. If you don't have an envelope, just raise your hand. And listen, 
Even if you didn't come prepared to give today, we will give you an envelope. You can throw it in there and say, hey, they just gave this to me. I'm giving it back. I'm not going to write on it. I'm going to give it back. And that'll be my kickstart. That'll start off my financial future. I'll give that. Because that envelope costs something. If you don't write on it and you sew it back, we don't have to print another one. He, he says this. If When you purpose in your heart to give, and you sow into God and into the kingdom over and above the tithe. He says, I will multiply. That's what will bring you into the abundance. The abundance of God. The abundance of God. Listen, not your abundance, His abundance. Not your abundance. How, he is a big, big God. How do you think He thinks towards abundance? Oh, He thinks big, big, big. His abundance. Do you know how much he's trying to pour out on people? You think he wants ungodly devils in charge of billions of dollars? No way. What are they going to do with it? Give God glory for it? No. They're going to do evil with it. He wants his people so that he can establish his covenant. He gives the power to get wealth. The power to get abundance to do every good work. To establish his covenant. He's looking to get this. Listen. Deuteronomy 28. I want you to be the head and not the tail. Above and not beneath. The lender and not the bar. Blessed in the city. Blessed in the field. I want you above. This is, this is God talking about us. Amen. This is what he. He's always been a God of abundance. And, and Isaac in Genesis 26. Isaac goes in, it's a famine. It's a time of famine. Now, most people be like, man, it's famine. Save your seed to a better year. Isaac says, I got the Lord with me. I'm going to go. In Genesis 26, he goes in a time of famine, sows seed in the land, and God gives him a hundredfold return in a famine. Yeah. Why? Because God is on this side. God, God has great plans for you to give you a future and a hope, not for calamity. Amen? Glory to God. And he's going to do it. If you believe he's going to do it for you and you're going to be obedient to him, just stand on your feet and shout amen. Glory to God. Father, we praise you. We receive that. Father, as we give today, we give in faith. Lord, we give and we plant seed. Lord, let it kickstart our finances. Let it go to another level. Lord, we're tired of living mediocre. We're tired of living average. We're tired of living with our nose just above the water. Father, it's time to go up. It's time to level up. It's time to go to a different place, a place of increase, Lord. Father, we'll hear from you, we'll be obedient, and we'll give with a heart of love. Not under pressure, but a heart of love. And Father, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can bring your offering and place it in the basket. Place it in in faith. Lord, right now, let it be pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall men give un unto them in Jesus' name? Lord, let it multiply. Let the unexpected money continue in their lives. Lord, I call them blessed. I call them over. I call this attack of bondage, this, this attack of poverty, this attack of lack. In the name of Jesus, I call it over in their lives. Father, thank you that you are increasing them. You're taking them to another level for the kingdom. 
We praise you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Thank you, Father. We just praise you. We worship you. We am him up. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I thought the music was going to go for a little bit. <laughs> Got real quiet. I was like, oh, yes, glory. <laughs> Father, we just praise you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, see, when you start to understand this, I was telling you a story. I was telling you a story a while back about a church and a pastor. He says, it's offering time. Man, the church explodes. It erupts with praise. Why? Because they know that's where the blessing is. That's where the increase is. That's where they move from the little things to the great thing. It's offering time. They're just like, glory to God. Because, see, most people look at offering time, they look at what it's costing them. They don't know the scripture. God gives seed to the sower. If I purpose in my heart, the moment I started really for real purposing in my heart to be a giver, all the sudden I started having extra seed in my hand I didn't have before. It went over and above my budget. I just had the purpose in my heart. Lord, I'm yours. Flow some stuff through me. It's always a flow. But guess what happens in a flow? When he flows stuff through you, even if he uh, flowed stuff right through you for other people, there's an, have you ever tried to just flow stuff in a bucket and watch the overflow? Didn't the bucket get wet too? Hallelujah. That's how it works. Amen. When we purpose in our heart, God does great and mighty things. Amen. Amen. Give somebody a high five on the way down. Hallelujah. Amen. Man, I see lives changed today. I feel that you received that message. I can sense you received something on that today. Faith grew in you. When that happens, when that happens and you move on that, faith with action and you move on that, it doesn't matter the amount, it matters obedience. When you move like that, all of a sudden God can do great and mighty things. That's when the supernatural happens. That's when things go beyond the physical and into the supernatural. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Well, let's turn to Luke chapter 1. If I got done by noon, what would y'all think? I just looked at what time it is. I said, man, that's possible. It's possible. Y'all start praying. <laughs> Y'all pray quick. Before I get on the roll. Merry Christmas to you. <laughs> Christmas, several years ago, I don't, I don't even know that I can explain it, but I picked up something in the spirit. I was just thinking about the word Christmas, and uh, I was like, what does that even mean? Obviously, Christ is in there, but what's the must part? And I realized that the wise men, the shepherds, everybody, they masked to see the gift from heaven. They masked together to see 
the anointed one and his anointing. Now, I want you to notice something. They weren't five, ten miles from Jerusalem. Not, not far. None of the, it doesn't tell us, the Bible doesn't tell us that not one of the priests came out and masked for Christ. But what people thought were low, the shepherds, what people thought were too high, the wise rich men from afar, they saw the importance of what God had done. The Noel, which means birth, the gift of Christ. And they said, Lord, I give you my heart and I'll mass for Christ. I'll come together for your anointing one and your gift. They knew something has changed. There was a, this morning's message, a good news gift. A gift of the good news. But it can't be good news if it never manifests. It was a gift and it brought good news, but it brought the goods with it. It came as a package ready to be delivered and ready to be manifested in Christ. It gave the world hope. It gave the world a joy. It said to the world that you've been thinking that God's mad with you, but he's not. And through Christ, every part of his wrath, uh, which is basically just his holiness, he's so holy that if you brought sin in it, you'd get burned up. He's saying, how, you've got to understand the heart of God that says this. How can I get people back with me without them burning up? There's got to be a substitution. And he saw way back in Genesis in the garden, the seed of woman will crush the devil's attack. And he sent a gift. He had a plan. He had the greatest strategy of all time. One that the devil couldn't beat. He had 4,000 years to try and figure it out and he still missed it. The devil had been with God. He had, he had this great you know, understanding and understanding probably like you and I don't really have in that way of logic and knowledge. And, yet, and then that coupled with 4,000 years and, and just an anger to try and beat God and, and, and try to steal from his creation. And God had a strategy that just whipped him in a, in a moment. In a moment. God's got it figured out. He knows how to get good things to you. He knows how to circumvent the devil. We just got to figure out that we got to walk with them. We just got to figure out that we need to mass our hearts always to the Christ, to the good gift. In Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor 
with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. A throne is not just to sit on. A throne is to rule from. And we, we many times think about that as a throne of an ugly, evil king that just has his way. And, and many times the devil tries to paint God as that. And yet how many times does God say, what do you want to do? What do you, I put this in your hands. You make the choice. I'm not even going to make you go to heaven. You can choose hell if you want to. It's your choice. Abraham, how many people, if there's this many good people, I'll save it. I'll say, what do you say? Adam, how do you want to name the animals? You name them what you want. He always was looking to partner with men. The creator of the universe was always looking for you and I to be his partners. He was looking for what we thought and to let us walk with him and choose him and make choices. He was always looking to partner with why? He didn't have to do that. Many times we apply our worldly thinking towards God like he's going to be a king on a throne that will just slaughter people to get his way. That's not him. The devil's painted that picture of him, but that's not him. Now, he will be a covenant God. In other words, if we're family and, and you're coming against my family, God will say, no, you can't come against my family. You can't come against my family. You can't come against my family. No. I can tell you as a pastor that heart has resided in me many, many times. I see you coming under attack. Nicole and I will hit our knees. No, no, Lord, this cannot happen. No, come against. We come against the devil. We come against his devices. We come against his attack. Where do we think, where do you think we get that heart from? You've had that yourself many times probably over your children. Where do you think you get that heart from? From an evil king or a loving king? And when he gets on his throne, when he gets on his throne, he declares the rule of God. He declares the healing of God, the anointing of God, the protection of God, the prosperity of God, the restoration, the deliverance. This is what happens when Jesus is Lord. And here's the angel sent from heaven to declare he will rule on his throne. Many people can have that rule in their own house and in their own lives if they would simply say, Jesus, you are Lord of this house. You are Lord of my life. And instantly they could have Jesus in all his power on the throne operating in their lives. But what's happened is the same sin that was in the garden many times has been in us. And instead of saying, Jesus, you are Lord, you say, hey, I want to go to heaven, but I want to do it my way. And all of us have done that. But when you recognize that you've done that, that's the moment right then. Don't wait. Say, Lord, I apologize. I repent. I won't do it that way anymore because I've found that when you tell me to do something, it's always, always, always an opportunity to increase. 
It's always an opportunity to go up. Why? Because you love your people and you want to lift them higher. When I, when I correct our kids, it's never to hold them back. It's always to help them go up. Yeah. Hey, that what you're doing, it's a trap. If you'll find yourself in a pit. You'll find yourself addicted to something you didn't need to be addicted to. You'll find yourself wasting time and energy on something that would waste years of your life. Don't do that. Just trust me because I love you and let me keep you from that harm. But see, that's making, when we do that with God, that's making him Lord. But if we make him Lord, he takes his seat on the throne in our lives. Now, he's seated on the throne, but his rule doesn't have a right because he's given you the ability to choose. To choose. He never wanted robots. Yes, Jesus, I'll do. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, no, devil. Yes, Jesus. You know. He never wanted that. Lord, I love you. I choose you. If I woke up every morning and, and all I did was robotically, Nicole, I love you. Nicole, I love you. That's what I was going to say. She, she said, I'd pull out the batteries. I got, no, and God don't want that either. That's not love. That's programming. God says, I want you to see everything and still choose, choose me. I want to be in love. And if you choose me, you'll find out I've already chosen you. I've already given to you. For God so loved that he gave. What did he give? His most prized possession. It was a gift and he'll rule. He says he will be great and called the son of the most high. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? In other words, he just said, you're going to have a baby. She's like, I, I don't know how that's going to happen. But, but I do, please tell. <laughs> now, you got to understand that John the Baptist father Zacharias he asked a very similar question but the difference was one was in faith and one wasn't like how's that going to be Lord that was doubt Mary's question was in faith how are you going to do this this is going to be awesome to watch it's different it's how it's expectation it's faith it's hope it's joy in it many people are missing out on their blessing and manifestation because they don't approach God in that hope and in that faith, they approach it in, nah, that's not going to happen. How could that happen? How could God get unexpected money to me? Because he's God. Right. Raise your hand if you've had unexpected money in the last two weeks. Raise two hands if you've had it multiple times. Look at that. One word a few weeks ago. Unexpected money. Money that didn't think was coming in. And if, and if you haven't received it yet, just you're in line. You're in line. They just, they just were in the front of the line. You know, for whatever reason, well, whoop they do You're still in line. Glory to God. You heard the word today. If you didn't hear it a few weeks ago, you heard it today. Yeah. You're in line. Say, Lord, say, I receive it. I receive it. Amen. How can this be since I'm a virgin? The angel said to her, 
The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold the bondslave of the Lord. May it be done according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This is one of those things where we, we really should uh, have this in our heart. The Lord says something to us and, and we know that it's God. And all of a sudden we go, Look, behold the bondslave of the Lord. Be it done unto me exactly as you said. Let it be, Lord. Let it happen right now. Hallelujah. Turn to Matthew 1, verse 18. Matthew 1, verse 18. Y'all wondering why it's so hot in here? Because somebody didn't say it right. But it's there right now. <laughs> we had to get an AC unit fixed this week. Obviously, somebody left it on the emergency heat setting. That's not good. My question is, how long has that been running? Praise God, we got a God who supplies. Amen. Matthew 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. So what it, the angel had said had now happened in Mary. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly but when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, I want you to hear the promises about what you've been given, the good news gift. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. He'll save them. Not condemn them over it, save them. Not condemn them, save them. Not condemn them, save them. Have you ever read John 3.16? What, what does it say? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know what John 3.17 says? Because it's pretty important. Right after that. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge it. The King James says condemn it. Condemn the world or judge the world. But that the world might be saved through him. He wasn't looking to put people in condemnation and bondage. He was looking to pull them out. Yeah. This is what he's telling Joseph here. He says she will bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus, 
for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, so this was a prophecy that Jesus fulfilled. He fulfilled many. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son and he called his name Jesus. Luke chapter 2. Verse 1. Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the family of David. I, love, I believe it is uh, Bethlehem. If I remember correctly, it's called, the word Bethlehem means house of bread. A house of bread. You remember when Jesus said, pray this way? Give us this day our daily bread. Out of the house of bread came the bread of life that every day we can partake of the good gift. I love how God does stuff. It's just awesome. In order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them at the end. Now, before we go any further, back to John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave. The Christmas season is recognizing the gift of God and in our hearts deciding that we will move from where we have been to the place where the gift is. We're going to go to the place where the gift from heaven came. I'm going to move my heart. I won't sit still. I'll move my heart to, from where I have been, what I've been doing. I'll move my heart to the gift. I'll move my heart to the anointed one and his anointing. I'll move my heart. I'll move my position. I'll move my actions. I'll move my thinking to that place. He was the greatest gift of all time. And when he was given, God sent angels, messengers from heaven, to bring about a proclamation of the good news that this gift brings. This gift brings good, good news. It's not bad news, it's good news. If you hear it and you walk away uh, feeling, feeling bad, now I'm not talking about being convinced. 
convicted over stuff. I'm saying if you walk away feeling bad, you've missed the point of it. Because if you walk away and you say, hey, man, I'm just a sinner and God's so holy. Oh, God, what am I going to do? You haven't heard the fullness of the news. You've only read the first paragraph of the news. Because the second half of that news is, yeah, you may find yourself in a position where your heart has not gone to Jesus, where sin has been ruling you. But the good news is, no matter how you got there or why you're there, there's a solution that's been given from heaven and his name is Jesus. And you can say, Jesus, I accept you. And instantly you can be made right with God. And instantly you become his child. You know, I could tell you, I could tell you all that every child that comes into my life, I just treat them just like I do my own children. But that's not true. I don't. Why? Because they're my children. And when we choose the gift of Christ, when we choose the good news, we instantly become actually adopted, crafted into the family of the creator of the universe. We're his children. We have an inheritance. He wants to do good things for you. You're not on the side. You're not just somebody, oh yeah, he knows you. You're not an acquaintance. No, he's saying, my child. And our heart immediately, as soon as people are born again, it reaches out and goes, Abba. Father, Daddy, Daddy. It's a real deal. And it is good news. You turn towards Him, and all of a sudden, everything changes. Everything changes. Here He was born, the gift, the good news gift. Verse 8 In the same region, there were shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flocks by night. What's interesting to this? Uh, and, and pastors really like telling this part. Pastors are called shepherds, and here it is. The first news is given to the shepherds. And still to this day, from that day forward, many times, the way the Lord works is he'll give a word. Hey, financial increase come in this body. And he gives it to a shepherd, and the shepherds are supposed to go and tell everybody the yeah. good news. Pastors are supposed to hear from God and tell everybody the good news. They should be doing it every single Sunday. And that delivering the package of God's good news here to save them, not to condemn and, and judge them, but to lift them up, to give them hope, to give them joy, to give them expectation, to give them a future and a hope. In the same region, there were shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. An angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. You know, they're just out in the middle of nowhere watching over the sheep, and all of a sudden the angel shows up. Woo! What do you think you would do? Ah! It's all dark. They didn't have like city lights like we do now. One time in the Marines, I was out in the middle of the desert. It's amazing how many stars you can see when you get away from what's called light pollution. You get away from the city and look up, man, I saw millions of stars. But when you're in a city and there's lights, you know, artificial lights everywhere, it actually takes away your ability to see all that. But you get out there. And so imagine the darkness that's out there. Even if they had a moon, it's still pretty dark out in the middle of nowhere. There's no artificial lights, and all of a sudden the angel shows up. <clears throat> They had to think twice. I get it. But the angel said to them, 
What, what message did the angel straight from the throne room of heaven say to him? First thing, don't be afraid. Now, he wasn't just speaking for the shepherds out in the field. He was speaking for all time, for all mankind. That word is going to be recorded, and it's going to be preached, and it's going to be grabbed a hold of by people like us today. And our job is, no matter what we see or what we feel, we need to understand that our job is to fear not. Don't be afraid, no matter what you go through. You may go through the valley of the shadow of death, but you're going through in Jesus' name. He's leading you through. You might, you might have ended up there and didn't mean to, but you are going through fear not don't be afraid this is a message why because there's been a good news gift that's been given and where you might not have had good news before you got it now you got it now and just still today 2,000 years later you got a good news gift right now for yourself and you can receive that now for you don't be afraid for behold I bring you good news of great joy. What does great joy look like? Great joy. Good news of great joy. Good news of great joy. Not just joy. I mean, joy would be enough, but he didn't just say joy. He said great joy. Great joy is hard to hide. Great joy is hard to hide. See, if we're actually walking this out, it's hard to hide. If we're walking it out, it's hard to hide. It's hard to hide. See, that's what many of us have had problems with the church before because if they had joy, they've been hiding it well. I mean, y'all might know some people like that. Sometimes I felt like I preached to those people. Not y'all, earlier days, before. But it's supposed to be great joy. Hard to hide. Hard to hide. Many of us have been frustrated because we've not seen that in the people that call themselves Christians. Actually, we've seen the opposite. They're like, oh, it's so bad. I mean, and they get on Facebook and, and, and everybody knows what their prayer request is every three hours. Every three hours. Oh, I just got, please pray for me. It's so hard right now. That is not fulfilling the, the good news. They've missed something. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, he did say there'd be persecution, but what he's saying is even in the middle of persecution, you can still have great joy. Why? Because you're going through. You're going through. It's good news. Why? Because there's a gift that's been given that's changed everything. There's a gift from heaven that has changed everything. There's a good news gift of great joy, which will be for all the people. Well, you know, God loves them and they've been going to church all their life, but he doesn't love me. That's not the news. The news says it's for all the people. It's for all the people. If you're hearing this, it's for you. You can grab a hold of it. You've got to understand that God's not a respecter of people, but he is a respecter of faith. And if you'll say, hey, that news is for me, and today I'm going to grab a hold of it. I need, I need you, Jesus. I need some solutions. And you grab a hold of him, he'll say, I've been waiting on you. Uh, the good news is going to manifest in your life now. For today in the city of David, there's been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. He's a Savior. 
who is the anointed one of God, and he brings an anointing. He's a savior. He, he's not just saving you from hell. His character is a savior. It's not just his name. That's who he is. He saves you from what? What do you need saving from? He saves you from it. What do you need saving from? It's good news. He'll save you from it. You got lack in your finances? He'll save you from that. You got sickness going on in your household? He'll save you from that. You, you got uh, the devil trying to attack and form weapons against you? He'll save you from that. You got debtors trying to collect on you? He'll save you from that. You, you got situations from the past and they've kept you just bound up and in depression. He'll save you from that. He'll take you out of that place. Will we mass to the gift? Will we do what he says? Will we make him Lord so that he can rule out of his goodness and out of his love? For today in the city of David has been born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. We'll find the baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Verse 13, I love this, I love this, I love this. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, how much is a multitude? Like, I just like the first one scared them. Now there's a multitude of them jokers. Like, I'm imagining, I don't know, I was up in Norway one time and I saw the northern lights, one of the most spectacular things I've ever seen in my life. But it was like the whole sky was God's paint, paint board, you know. It was like, it, it just, he was going, and I was like, oh, that's amazing, that's so beautiful. So when I see multitude, I'm thinking, the whole sky. From left to right, from the east to the west, from the north to the south. They're everywhere praising God and worshiping. I mean, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened. Glory to God. Matter of fact, that's what they said. <laughs> Glory to God in the highest. Glory. These angels, messengers straight from the throne room. Messengers from the kingdom of heaven. Messengers straight from God's heart. Their only job is to give the message. They're not like people. They got to they gotta do what they're told. And here he is. He's, they're bringing a message. The message that God sent to earth of the good news gift. And the angels can't help themselves. Glory to God in the highest. In other words, praise erupted out of these angels. Why? Because they knew the majestic thing that had just been given to men. The majestic majesty that had just been given to us. Well, that was then. No, this is today. The news hasn't changed. The Savior hasn't changed. I'm God, I change not. The grace hasn't changed. The, the glory hasn't changed. The good news hasn't changed. The saving hasn't changed. The anointing hasn't changed. Glory to God in the highest. And hear this. And on earth. Remember, coming from God. On earth. Peace. Among men. Goodwill. The King James says peace. Goodwill. Towards men. Hear this. With whom he's pleased. 
I thought God was mad at me. It's not what God said. Well, how can he be pleased with me? Because there was a good news gift given. He's not seeing you for what you were. He's seeing you for who he is, who Jesus is. He's seeing you through the lens of Jesus, and he can be pleased with you when you will take the good news gift and make him the king and the Lord of your life. Today, there's a good news gift. No matter who you are or, or who you, where you come from or what, what's been going on in your life, it doesn't matter what's been happening. There's a good news gift. Glory. He's pleased with you through Jesus Christ. He has the ability to be pleased with you. Through Jesus Christ, he has the ability to pour out his anointing on you. So today, no matter what you're facing and no matter what you see, whether you need healing in your body, whether you need, you need finances to change, whether you need, you need some restoration in your mind and in your heart. Maybe you've had something wrong uh, that happened, a bad, bad thing, a tragedy. And, and you just need the comfort of God, the comfort that only God can give. There's good news for you. There's a Savior that will save you from anything that's not of God. The question is this. It's not whether or not he has the power to do it. And I'm not talking about do it and start doing it now and do it over the next two years. I'm talking about you walk out of here this morning free and clear. I'm talking about stuff breaks off. Favor comes in your business. All of a sudden you get favor in your finances, promotions. I'm talking about you walk out of here, you came in here with a cold, you walk out clear, free and clear, all the sinuses clear. I'm talking about you felt the weight of sin and you walk out of here with the fullness of joy, great joy. Great joy that's hard to hide where people will say, what has happened to you? Because you can't hide it. Here's the question. Will you be like the shepherd and the wise men? Or will you be like the Pharisees over in Jerusalem when the greatest gift of all time hits the earth? Will you allow God and the Holy Spirit who's drawing on your heart right now, will you allow Him to move your heart to mass towards Christ this Christmas. Lord, I need you. I got to have you. The opposite of that is, Lord, I know you're pulling on me, but I know more than you do, and I'm not moving. That's pride. That's the devil trying to keep you from the good news. But God's saying, if you'll move towards me, I got good news that's waiting on you. So this morning, I want you, no matter what, what you're facing, I think everybody's got something. Even if everything's going great, the blessing of God changes everything. The blessing of God changes everything. Even if everything's going great, you can say, look, Lord, I need more of that good news. I need more manifestation in my life. And so no matter what you're facing right now, will you mask? For the Christ in your heart. Now you don't have to go from Jerusalem to Bethlehem and walk that distance or ride on a donkey. Today to show that it's much simpler. You just get up out of your seat and come to an altar. Say Jesus I need you. If that's you today and you want a mass for the anointed one. 
smash your heart and move to that place, I want you to come now to the altar. Thank you, Father. No matter what it is that you need, if you need Jesus, if you need help, if you need wisdom, if you need finances, if you need health, Lord, I need you today. I need you today. I need your help. I know you're real. I know you're real. I need your help. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Lord, I need you. I won't be like the Pharisees. I won't be like the Pharisees who won't move for you. But Lord, I'll humbly say, I need you. Play some music or something. And right now, I just, I just want you, everybody standing here and everybody in the room, I just, what we need in him Everything, it's in Jesus. In him we live and move and have our being. This morning, as you enter into fellowship with him, and, and many of you, I know, I know most everybody here has known Jesus before, but maybe somebody hasn't. But regardless of whether you have or you haven't, we need that refresh. There's a daily refreshing of our intimacy and our fellowship with God. And this morning, that's what we're saying is, Lord, I refresh my fellowship with you why you're worth it you're worth it it's not saying that I, I i've been beat up it's like every day it's the most amazing thing in god it can just get better and better and better with you it just gets better and better and better and this morning i mass to the christ i want everybody in here just to pray and pray it out loud do not pray this in your mind pray it out of your mouth the bible says if you confess with your mouth Right now. Jesus, Jesus. You're the Lord of my life. You're the director. You tell me what to do. And I'll do it. I need you on the throne. I want you on the throne. And I've had a mess of sin that's attacked me. And I've let it. But Jesus... You were the good news gift to get me out of the condemnation to save me. You took my sin on you on the cross and you bore the weight of it so that I wouldn't have to. And the wages of sin is death and you died for me. And in that grave you paid the penalty so that I wouldn't have to. But God gave a good news gift of a son who would not leave us there, but arise. And the Father brought you back to life. And when he raised you up, he didn't leave me in that grave. He didn't leave me in that death. But he rose me up too and seated me with him in heavenly places. And now I'm in Christ and Christ is in me. Jesus, baptize me. Fill me with the Holy Ghost and fire so that I might live for you, the Lord of my life. I commit 
I will do what you say. I'll go to church. I'll give. I'll win souls. I'll study the word. I'll do the things you've already told me to do. You are my Lord. Now, right now, Father, I just ask that you pour out on your people the good news gift. Confirm your word with signs following. Jesus, you are such a good, good Father. Lord, confirm your word. Lord, I ask right now, healing be in Jesus' name. Healing of God be in the name of Jesus. Thank you, 